Welcome to another episode of Improv Exchange with Leander Young, where we dig into conversations with seasoned musicians to discuss their life, art, and the faith of jazz as they see it. In this episode, we interview a saxophonist from Louisville, Kentucky, Marcus Click. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Improv Exchange. Today, we have Marcus Click with us. Sir, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, could you tell the people a bit about yourself and then we get into it? Well, I'm a native of Louisville, Kentucky, the Bluegrass State. Uh, Louisville, we're known for our basketball and horse races, so uh, the Kentucky Derby. So I grew up there. Uh, and then I, uh, you know, was really into sports in high school, attended DeSales High School in Louisville. And, uh, but, you know, I had aspirations of playing pro sports, just like any other kid, you know, that loves football, basketball, what have you. But uh, took a different path, joined the U.S. Navy. Uh, I served about 11 years active duty, two years uh, Naval Reserve, and then I just moved on. Uh, didn't want to make it a career after I learned a little bit more about, you know, the corporate industry and, and technology because I was really into, you know, learning computers and that such. So I, I got into that, uh, uh, landed a contract. I was a contractor, traveled the world managing IT projects and uh, you know, I was in grad school at the time as well. So I had a full plate right out the gate from uh, my separation from the military. Uh, you know, I've always been a goal-oriented, driven person. So, uh, you know, but as time progressed, uh, I got into jazz. But uh, before that, I was a saxophone player in, in, in elementary school, and how that all came about was uh, I was watching a, a show. I think it was a Miss America pageant, and a young lady was playing the alto, and I was raised, you know, with music around the house with my mom playing it all the time. And so... Uh, I was, was familiar as a kid with Grover Washington Jr. And so, and then I saw the contestant on television and that just, you know, that did it. I wanted to play alto. And so I was already enrolled in a flute class. So the next time we had class, I told my teacher, hey, I'd like to play another instrument. Is it possible? Maybe not exactly like that because I was shy. Uh, so I waited to the end of the class and, and, uh, he, you know, I told the instructor and he was like, what's the intro? I couldn't think of the name of it. So he said, well, can you draw it on the chalkboard? Quote chalkboard, not, not whiteboard. <laughs> so I'm dating myself here, but yeah, we had chalk back then and, um, and uh, I drew what looked like an alto, and he said, oh, alto saxophone. I said, yeah, that's it. And so the uh, rest is history. I, next class, I was in the woodwinds class. Well, I was already in the woodwind with flute, but uh, 
you know, about to play, to learn the saxophone. So that's how I got started. And, and uh, you know, the rest is history. Outside of my professional corporate experience in, in technology, but, uh, you know, so that's initially how I got started. That is a big background compared to some other people, I gotta say. Yeah. First of all, uh, if you don't mind me asking, what did you finish in the Navy as? An E or O? Uh, an E. An E6. E6, okay. Roughly yeah, a sergeant. A... Yes, okay, cool. Yeah, I, I was, I was uh, almost, I don't know, they wanted me to stay in, but I, I had other aspirations, man. I was thinking big, so I just didn't want any more. You know, staying, being away from home and traveling and dealing with the military politics, uh, I just, it was time to move on. Every field has its politics, I understand that. <laughs> yeah. Was there anything that stood out the most during the military? That you um, enjoyed the most? Yeah, well, back then when I was in the Navy, um, the travel was amazing. Uh, you know, various different countries, islands. And then the people you connect with, you know, on, on board a ship or your duty station was probably the main thing because I still stay in touch with some of the guys uh, and ladies too that I work with in the Navy. Uh, so relationships were huge because you're away from home for long periods of time. And so uh, being able to relate to your shipmates, uh, as we would call it, uh, was very important. Okay. And what did you actually major in? Because you didn't major in music or something. And you said you were in grad school? Oh, yes. When I was uh, in grad school, well, I got undergrad in business um, from St. Leo University. And uh, I went to University of Phoenix, which, which was another uh, remote I would say school opportunity, you know, being in the military is a lot of benefit from that. Uh, so I got into organizational management uh, with, you know, a minor in technology. So uh, I knew I had to have some type of credential, you know, coming out of Navy besides the year. So I just put myself to school and, and I attended I first got my AA at the, at the time was Pensacola Junior College, uh, now it's Pensacola State College, but uh, seven, eight years straight in the college while I was working active duty full time. Um, so I got all my credentials at that time in place and uh, I was all set to separate when I made my mind up in 2000 and uh, I've been going ever since. Okay, and Miss America really inspired you that much to go to the saxophone. <laughs> well, I can't remember if it was Miss America or one of the contestants, but whoever she was, yes, she, she inspired me. <laughs> I said, I can, I can do this. <laughs> you know, I was in the first grade, but hey, I was motivated. Oh, that's good, that's good, man. And then mm -hmm. you went to the saxophone, alto, you said, and... Your band teacher were very supportive of it. I know some band instructors in the past would be like, mm, but you're the better instrumentist in that section. They don't want to switch you. So 
that he did that. Right, also funny right. that he had you draw it. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah, that was funny. Okay, so then you came out the Navy. You decide to play the saxophone full-time, I guess, or part-time with your job. But first question I need to ask is, what made you decide to go more of the smooth path versus the straight-ahead path, Bebop's path? Uh, I think it was mainly because um, a lot of the music I listened to growing up was a lot of, um, you know, contemporary, adult contemporary pop, R&B. And then I met a young man in the Navy who kind of took me under his wings. Uh, He was in for several years when I met him. he turned me on to jazz uh, more so. And his favorite part of jazz as a genre was smooth jazz. And so I had already, I liked David Sanborn, uh, Najee, uh, you know, Grover and, and some other guys. And so he just kind of took me on his wing, introduced me to, you know, various different bands. Uh, you know, we would listen to jazz in the barracks and um, this Yellow Jacket, Spiral Gyra. I mean, you know, George Duke, uh, uh, Patty Austin, Anita Baker, uh, Joe Sample, I mean, Hiroshima, uh, Bob James. I mean, and then. I just fell in love with that style, you know, the sound. And so that's what led me down that path. Okay. That is just something that I have to ask because I ask a lot of smooth jazz players to come on and they don't really jump on the opportunity to. They like second guess it or they cancel last minute. That's why I'm asking. Mm. I mean, we had Nathan East come on before. Loved the guy, outstanding legend. Kind of mm-hmm. got starstruck during it, so hence why I was asking. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Actually, it's funny because uh, Nathan East is going to be part of my uh, uh, promotion for my upcoming project. Oh. Yeah, with smoothjazz.com for some of the marketing, advertisement, and such. Okay. I assume you met him before then. He's No, I haven't. I haven't yet. This will be the first time. Well, the man's uh, class, I must say. <laughs> okay. Like I said, I got starstruck a little bit on that one. Mm-hmm. So you come back to the States, and then what is your motivation to actually record your first single? Because I believe Smooth Jazz, you really singles more than the actual album, if I'm correct. Yeah, I did a project years ago, man. I was green. Um, you could probably find it out there. Uh, uh, moving is a project. It was like 2005. Uh, I was really green. and But then, you know, the right, right people were put in my path, and I knew it was a divine connection. So that's what led me really to, to press on. Uh, to get better with my craft and and understand the game, 
but yeah, I do have some singles out uh, more recently, and uh, but that's building up to you know my upcoming CD release in November. So uh, excited about that. But you brought it up. Let's talk about it. Tell me about the album. Tell me about the single that you have coming up. Well, the single coming up is, wow, wow, a lot going on. I mean, I have, I'm recording with uh, Mel Holder. I'm not sure you're familiar with him, but uh, he's a saxophonist based in New York. Uh, He's also my mentor. I met years ago during this journey. Uh, Funny story how I met him, but uh, he's part of the single. Uh, We're doing a high ground, which is from Stevie Wonder's original tune, but we're making it our own rendition, uh, you know. So we partner in that song together. I'm excited about it. Okay, and what about that? And I have have some other singles on this album that's our CD (laughs) that uh, with some notable artists. William Green, uh, we're doing a song together. Uh, Roger Ryan out of Nashville. Uh, William's out of Atlanta. Uh, Roger Ryan, like I said, we're doing a, a nice tune, uh, a ballad uh, track. And who else? Uh, I mean, it's just, you know, a lot of good music. So you got to get it. Oh. I did a song with uh, Jonathan Fritzen. Uh, he's a jazz artist as well, keyboardist. Uh, so, you know, that single was Brand New Day, and that's the self-title for the CD, uh, Brand New Day. So mm. that that's going to be out in uh, November. Okay. The album people comes out on November 11th. The single comes out on October 28th. So you do look forward towards that. And yes. any known covers on this or no? Like with pop music? Uh, well, the, the Higher Ground. Stevie Wonder's hit, mm-hmm. uh, Higher Ground, is is the main one. So uh, I, I think you're going to enjoy that one. So I think not just you, I think everyone's going to enjoy it. So really put some time into it. Uh, you know, and, and it's an instrumental. Uh, so, but it's 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 a really nice upbeat tune uh, that uh, you know I'm kind of making it my own style. So, I uh, hope you enjoy it when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it's just as funky and the bass player can. Uh, oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, one other thing. So, out of your catalog, I was able to find me personally. My father also enjoyed Sunday Drive. So I'm just curious about the background uh, yeah. on that one. Yeah, Sunday Drive. Um, I collaborated with Bob Baldwin. He's out of Yonkers, New York, but he's based in Atlanta now. Um, we collaborated on that one. And uh, yeah, that's a nice, smooth tune, Sunday Drive. Um, he wanted to name it something else. I said, nah, it's not working, man. 
It sounds like it's something laid back, something you listen to taking a Sunday drive, and that's this stuff, you know. Um, so that's, that's you know, who produced that song, Bob Baldwin, you know, the uh, pioneer in the jazz industry. Okay. Like I said, I enjoy it. Unfortunately, I'm not an expert in the smooth jazz world or anything like that. <laughs> I like Steve Kaur. I like a few other people. I did Kenny oh, yeah, on this before, so yeah, but yep. I can't really go into that much debt with about some of this other stuff. Yeah, I understand. But I'm just curious, how did COVID affect you personally, and how did it affect your music? It's, was it? Uh, a- yeah. Well, I, thankfully, I did not contract COVID, but one of my sons did, but he pulled through it. Uh, you know, strong 16-year-old kid at the time. Uh, he's 18 now and in college, but, uh, uh, he, you know, he didn't, it wasn't too bad. Uh, I think he was physically sick for maybe two or three days, but, you know, with the rules and regulations, it was quarantined for 10, and he pulled through no problem. But, you know... After that, you know, the vaccinations came about and took care of that. So everyone in my family's been good, thankfully, uh, but some near and dear close friends weren't, unfortunately. Uh, but it, from a music perspective, it did impact me and everyone else. It just destroyed my, my calendar that year, and uh, which was really picking up. And, you know, the last, I would say, three or four years, progressively really picking up. And uh, I did a performance in Orlando March 7th. I remember like it was yesterday. And that was it. It was like just just the rug pulled out from under everybody. And, uh, you know, the rest is history, man. Uh, did a gig in Orlando. Uh, orange, the... Uh, Orange County Mayor's Jazz in the Park, an annual event. And uh, after that, it was nothing. But what I did behind the scenes was I was just grinding, you know, practicing music, writing music, uh, recording. uh, You know, so, uh, you know, I I stayed busy, even though there weren't many gigs or any, really. I I did some virtual stuff. I did um, uh, two, three, three virtual gigs. You know, really no money involved, but it was just the fact that, you know, it was good for everyone, uh, give you some peace of mind at least for the moment. And, uh, but it was fun, it was fun. I did some outreaches for, uh, for different organizations. Uh, organization up in, in Madison, Wisconsin, diversity and inclusion, uh, or nonprofit organization up, up there. Uh, I, I did a local uh, concert here. Well, I'd say local because it's internet, but it was a bunch of Florida cats uh, on the coast in the panhandle, and uh, we did a jazz concert for the Destin Smooth Jazz uh, promoter. Uh, so that was nice. 
and uh, what else did I do? Um, some some other function um, that I was requested for, but you know it was fun. But that was pretty much it. You know, behind the scenes grinding, and uh, and you hear the well, you, people been hearing the fruits of the labor here recently. I released some singles since then, since the pandemic, but. Uh, uh bigger better things even more now uh releasing this end of this month and next month so we're excited okay and what is something people misunderstand about the music world from your point of view well one thing that really uh stands out is the people just not really in tune with what really goes on or People think that, you know, you get up on stage and, oh, you make it look easy. Well, it was a lot of work to get, you know, put into music. Uh, not just the recording, it's the grind of continually to, to develop, you know, develop your, or get better uh, to, to sacrifice. Um, and so a lot of people don't understand that, you know, whether it be smooth jazz, straight ahead, or what have you. Uh, we all have our unique styles. Um, you know, I don't try to play or sound like anyone else. A lot of people do, but, you know, teach his own. Uh, you know, I got my own sound, and I don't, you know, I just play. I love it. Uh, but it is a lot of work behind the scenes and some people or venues don't realize that and so they feel as though you know you're not worthy of x amount of dollars or or opportunities you know and so that's one thing that really sticks out you know uh, i hear from a lot of cats that you know well i would say most local uh, venues, you know, it's always the local venues. <laughs> they don't care. They just want somebody, uh, you know, just to play, and they don't think it really. They should really compensate you uh, uh, fairly in their eyes. But uh, uh, that's why you see a lot of people traveling, you know. And not only that, they want to get their name out there. But uh, and another reason is because. You know, things are much better on the road, so to speak. Uh, even with those sacrifices, I would say, because it's the people you're doing it for. You might be doing it for yourself because you love it, but it's really for the people, the, the fans that support you. And without them, who are we, you know, in, in the eyes of the jazz lover or uh, get the notoriety? So it's just about the people. Okay. And if money wasn't an issue, what would be your dream project? Oh, wow. Um, if money wasn't an issue, my dream project would be probably to play with, I mean, some greats. Uh, I mean, record with them. Um, you know, Gerald Albright. Uh, I met Najee several times, so we're like on a first name basis. 
Same thing. It's the story behind that. Good friend. Um, I mean, even some of the uh, fortunate uh, artists who've passed, you know, the late George Howard, uh, you know, Coltrane, uh, George Duke, uh, I, you know, David Sanborn. I like Marcus Miller. Uh, not all saxophone players, but some of these other guys, man, <laughs> off the charts, you know. I mean, I, I went and saw Victor Wooten in concert once, mm -hmm. and it's I'd love to play with these guys. Um, maybe I will one day, um, you know, but uh, Dream Project, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, those are some of the guys I would love to, uh, you know, perform with. Okay. Would you consider Robert Glasper more smooth? More poppy? I don't know what you classify him. That's what I'm curious. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Robert Glasper. Uh, let me see. Robert Glasper. Because uh, he has some probably. solid straight ahead ones, and then he has some more poppy R&B albums. But would you guys consider him smooth? Uh, probably so. Um, yeah, I mean, he has, yeah, good variations, but, uh, I, I think I'll probably consider him maybe smooth because of his, you know, R&B soul kind of background, you know. Okay. That's cool, man. <laughs> well, could you tell the people your website, where to find your music, etc.? Sure. Um, my website is marcusclick.com. Pretty simple, just my name. Uh, you find the latest and greatest on there. And actually, right now, it's, I need to get it up to date with my new album because we have a lot I need to put out there. But uh, MarcusClick.com is the main site. Then I'm on Instagram. Uh, official Marcus Click is the handle. And I just realized I have some fake accounts out there too. <laughs> just, but, you know, official Marcus Click on Instagram, uh, official Marcus Click on uh, Facebook. I have a Twitter. You can just type in Marcus Click. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, with some of my latest performances and and obviously some some time ago uh as well uh on uh Marcus Click YouTube channel. Uh and I think that's pretty much it. Well I have a Snapchat I don't use too often and I just got a TikTok account and you mm -hmm. know it's I don't use it quite a bit, but it's just really for marketing PR. But I, I did put some music clips on there. Um, people enjoy it. So, but that's, I think that's pretty much it. I'm trying to cover all the bases, you know, with all these new tools and social media platforms that's out there. Got to stay on top of it, man. It's just the new uh, millennia uh, we're in with, everyone so 
that's where you can find me. Okay. Well, sir, thank you for joining us. I think it's great. And everyone, this is Leander from Improv Exchange. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you for having me, uh, Leander. And uh, again, everyone, uh, you can find my new single out uh, October 28th and the album November uh, 11th. So I'm going to go to radio usually the Monday following for each uh, single or the uh, CD release. So looking forward to your support and uh, hope to hear from you. Drop me a note, a like, or, or subscribe on my uh, YouTube channel or any other platforms so you can get the latest and greatest information of of where I'll be performing, uh, what's going on with me. So thank you again for having me and I look forward to staying in touch. That's that on jazz. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Improv Exchange. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Also, please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Improv Exchange.